Welcome in to Downtown the Podcast, episode number 53, the start of our second year. And some podcasts, they, they take a break, they go on hiatus. We can't do that to you. We're here for you every single week. Uh, I'm Rich Kimball, joined by Carrie Haskell. Downtown the Podcast is brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength, and by Pineland Farms Dairy, Maine Cows, Maine Milk, Maine Cheese, Pineland Farms. This week, we salute one of the most successful and popular television shows of the last decade. It's HBO's Veep in the spotlight for us this week as they get ready to wrap up their run. Sunday night will be the final broadcast of the series and a lot of things hanging in the balance. If you are a regular Veep watcher, the presidential election up in the air. No spoilers here, but Selena Meyer trying to avoid arrests. A lot of things going on as we head to the final episode. And we had a chance to talk with uh, two of the cast members who've been with the show since it started. Maine native Timothy Simons and uh, longtime actress Anna Klumski, who started as a child star uh, back in the early 90s in My Girl with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. We had a great time talking with Anna Klumski about this final season and the transformation, the evolution of her character, Amy Bruckheimer. Let's talk about the seventh season of Veep. It doesn't seem possible to me. When did you realize, how early on, or was it even before you started, that, that this was going to be something very special? Um, I knew it was special to me, but that was like, I was satisfied with that. <laughs> I, um, I don't think I did expect for, for this many people to resonate with it and um, for it to become, uh, you know, just such a, such a momentous show of this decade. Like, I, I don't think I did know that. I, I was just so happy to be making it when we first started. So um, I don't know. I guess when I quote unquote realized it is maybe when we, we, we won our, like, I think when we won our, our first Emmy, but then definitely when we won our second Emmy, I was like, oh, people are watching. Well, your character, uh, Amy, has had uh, quite a story arc. And this season, my goodness, it's been an <laughs> eventful journey for her. Now, I understand that you, you had some input uh, working with the writers on, on how this would go. And I love the fact that as someone who's been watching from episode one, a lot of dots are getting connected this season. Yeah, right? I agree. I'm so glad that you're noticing. Um, yeah, it felt, it, it feels like a, like a true arc. Um, yes, it, it definitely feels like an arc, you know, um, just within the season for Amy. But yeah, like now, you know, as, as a, I don't know, as a nerdy actor, I'm very much, you know, the type of person who looks at a play and is like, well, why this story? Like, why this play? And for a series, since they last so long, you do sort of look forward to, to when, they, when they are complete to say, well, why these years in this character's life? Um, and I feel like I'm able to do that just dramaturgically, um, you know, kind of examine um, what, what happened for Amy in these years. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy now back working with Jonah Ryan. Is that a step up or down from Buddy Calhoun? <laughs> Oh, um, I mean, I think any of us watching can agree that it's a step down, um, just morally, <laughs> um, ethically. But, um, but sadly and, and strangely enough, because this is, this is why we chose to do this, strangely enough, for her, it's like a personal step up because 
in a way she finally has she's finally found like like her own um how do you want to say her own Machiavellian <laughs> spirit again, you know, and I think she's always, she's, that's always been her favorite part of her. And I think that she hasn't found the freedom to really go for it. Um, you know, as much as she, she knew she could. So I feel like sadly she's realizing her, like her ugliest potential. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tim was on with us yeah. earlier this week. Tim Simons, good main boy that he is, comes on with us every year. Yeah. And we were talking about the fact that in many ways, you really had to raise the stakes this year when when the day-to-day world we live in, especially that in Washington, D.C., becomes real-life satire. It becomes even more challenging to do what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, I think I'm realizing, you know, even watching this season, because sometimes it feels more organic when you're just doing it, but there is, you know, there is that, even though we're not a parody of any sort, we we all, we, we satirize any elements of the political realm um, that is, that we feel is, is necessary to satirize. And so, you know, really, it, it, it sort of taught me that, not only can art reflect life in story, but it can also reflect it in tone, and maybe even more so, more more um, reliably in tone. Because yeah, it's um, you know you watch the beginnings of our show, the first few seasons, and it's it is quieter. You know, it's quieter. It's it's within the the halls of um, of the you know of DC and the executive branch and. Um, and indeed, and I think that, you know, when we were filming that, there was a little bit more of a dignity and a little bit more of, um, of an eloquence <laughs> <laughs> to, to the tone of just, I don't know, the, the entire um, country at that time. We didn't realize it then, but now in, in retrospect, we were like, oh, my gosh, that was so quiet because um, now, yeah, everything is in extremes, you know, um, culture media and politics has followed suit that um that people want um you know just the boldest uh the boldest brush possible um in their day-to-day life and uh and that's what determines how they vote and so we're reflecting that uh it's really it's really interesting we're talking with anna klumsky here on downtown as an actor of course you have to believe in your character and believe that the, they're doing the right thing and what they think is best. But is it safe to say that looking around the Veep landscape, that maybe Richard is the only character on there with absolutely pure intentions? <laughs> um, I think, I think so. I think Catherine does, but in a very like survivalist way, right. the way she was raised, you know, she's <laughs> sort of a child of trauma. And so, um, you know, she she's sort of arrested, and and of course, um, Marjorie I think has very pure intentions. Um, you know, it's it's funny she ends up sort of just you know she's just like the consummate you know um, family gal. Um, but um, but yeah, that you know I think that those yeah are are sort of more peripheral characters. Oh, and of course, Mike. Mike is purely intentioned <laughs> for sure. You know, he's just I think he just, um, you know, doesn't have the backbone to avoid some of the, the pitfalls that he finds himself in. But I think his intentions are pure. So I guess we've got, we've got several. <laughs> we've got several characters whose intentions are pure. But um, 
And like you said, of course, you know, to their to their uh, point of view, their intentions just by being intentions are pure. You know, Selena, you know, she's she absolutely believes that that this is exactly right for the country. That you know, she. I don't think anybody really. I don't think anybody really steps back and goes, "Wow, what are we doing?" <laughs> Maybe Ben and Kent, but yeah, know, they've just been around the block. Comedy, I always think, works best. Uh, I guess I would say when you when you play it like drama, you have to play it straight. You can't be you can't be self conscious, and and to me, that's what has made this show such a great success. Is that every character believes that what they're doing is uh, honest and true, and it's the situations. Mm-hmm. The comedy doesn't come from bizarre characters; it comes from bizarre situations they get thrust into. But it starts with the honesty of the people you portray. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I believe the same thing. That's um, you know, I I'm I'm one of the the more traditionally trained actors, and um, and uh, you know, in, in that I didn't train in comedy at all, and um, you know, I'm like not improv trained or anything. And so, um, for me, I've always felt that way. That uh, that you just you know, you just play the truth of the moment, and you rely on the text to determine whether it's funny. Um, you know that's um, that's that's how I work. I think uh, I think that other people are really deft at the actual um, the actual process of finding a laugh. Um, however, I find that that if I do that, I definitely don't get it. So I uh, <laughs> I, I rely on the text very much. <laughs> it's such an incredible cast. You've had some amazing guest stars through the years as well. But but it starts with Julia Louis Dreyfus, who is. Uh, a hero of mine, a comedy hero of mine, and she is mm. she has changed the face of comedy in this country, and, and for women certainly, but I, I think for everybody. And, and I feel like she's been around so much that people don't step back and, and realize what she's accomplished in her career. Oh, it's incredible! It's 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 staggering, really, um, what she's accomplished. And I think you know we were speaking of pure intentions. I think that that Julia has always. She just plays. She believes in play. She believes in um, in in that purest of um, of motivations for for making these stories. And so, I, I don't even think that if you had spoken to her twenty years ago, that she would have been able to foresee um, how much she's changed the 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 game and um, and how much she's contributed to to our canon. Um, because really she's, she's just, um, she's living story to story and that's why it's so good because she's, yeah, she's, she's not, um, she's not muddying her, uh, her path by, by anything, but just staying true to the story and true to, to the comedy. Well, and always being willing to be the brunt of the joke and, and to look bad, which is essential to comedy. Oh, and indeed, indeed. Yeah. She's, she's, um, um, I think she's shameless, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean in the best compliment. <laughs> it, it had to be hard for you. Now you wrapped, uh, was it back in, in December? Uh, that I'm sure it had to be incredibly emotional. Is, is it the same thing now yes. as you watch the episodes unfold and you reach the end? It's, um, I think, yeah, the, the, the catharsis has already happened. You know, that December was, was definitely a, a really profound and gorgeous and emotional um, and intimate time with, with all of these people and these relationships. And I'm, I'm so grateful just for having gotten the chance to live that um, as a human being. I mean, I don't think everybody gets to. And 
um, and, and in, in such a positive light, you know, we're like we're celebrating, um, really, even though we're crying and saying goodbye and, you know, having lost. It's 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 one of celebration. Um, I think that I think that that sort of um, kind of camaraderie can be brought out um, in more tragic times for other for other beings. So, so we're really fortunate and lucky to, to experience that um, now. Yeah, as as the episodes come to a close, as we finish like our last post day, you know, everybody has to go in and kind of redub some of the lines and that's sort of the last part um the last you know um portion of doing a show and and i you know i i completed mine last week um and yeah there was a lit there's a there's that kind of last ember of um of poignancy <laughs> just uh just glowing now, <laughs> so did, did you um, stay awake while you were doing we get to be together next week did you stay awake right. when you were doing that last looping? I, I remember you told Stephen Colbert, and that was when your your youngest daughter was was a little bit younger. But you were you were dozing off in the middle of a, the ADR session. Oh God! Did I admit that? That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely my cry for help. For like help, I'm I'm in a postpartum depression. <laughs> I need help. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I, but I was. I think I did that day for sure. I yeah, that was right around. Yeah, my I, I, that was happening a lot in my second um, postpartum period. Uh, I was I was just falling asleep, um, like in the middle of dim sum, or like in the, yeah, like right after cooking. I would just kind of fall asleep. It was crazy, um, but that's I mean that's quite literally it was. That's that's when you have to go. Oh, these are hormones, and uh, <laughs> you know it's uh, you know there, there's ways through this. <laughs> so as you look back on the seven years. <laughs> Is there uh, is there one moment uh, that either as an actor or uh, as as Amy Bruckheimer sums up your time best? One that you're especially uh, proud of, or or still laugh when you see over the seven years of Veep. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's sort of the obvious answer, I guess, for anybody who is a fan of the show. But I I am very proud of of her, um, what we've called her swan song. Um, when she when she <laughs> resigns in uh, in a huff in the fourth um, season, um, yeah, I'm very proud of that work. I mean, I'm proud of obviously um, any time that I was present. <laughs> um, but I uh, and what I mean by is is present in the moment, um, you know, doing my job. But um, but that was a particularly um, gratifying uh, scene to do, and um, and I really have been grateful for this last season. Um, I think I think I'll forever be proud for for the abortion um, arc. I, I just even societally, um, and for you know, I, I, it was just touching me the other day. Somebody told me that they that their mom was troubled by it, and I thought, gosh, darn it! It's incredible that we have not told this story, mm. um, you know, often enough for people to to uh, understand it yet. You know, um, it's one of those things where you look left and you look right, and and most likely somebody's gone through it, and um, and we're just now. I, I feel like we're we're one of maybe four shows that have actually tackled that um, that experience for women. So um, I'm forever proud of that. As as well, you should be. Can you uh, can you let us in on who wins the election? We promise we'll keep it to ourselves. No, <laughs> <laughs> that was worth a shot. I know. I got you. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anna, thank you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Love your work on the show and everything else you've done through the years. And we look forward to seeing what's coming up next for you. Oh, thanks a lot. Me too. (laughs) Anna Klumski here on Downtown, the podcast, as we talk Veep this week. When we come back, Jonah Ryan himself, Timothy Simons, the Maine native, after this word from Cross Insurance. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Since 2005, the good folks at Pineland Farms Dairy have been making the finest cheese in Maine. Their cheddar, Monterey Jack, Pepper Jack, Baby Swiss, Feta, and those oh-so-good cheese curds are made from all-natural milk and all from Maine. You can find Pineland Farms cheese at Hannaford Supermarkets, Shaw's, Whole Foods, and other great shops throughout Maine and New England. Visit online at pinelandfarmsdairy.com or, uh, frankly, just stop into the station when we're doing the show sometime. We're likely to have some cheese curds right here to snack on as well. Or stop by Carrie's place. He's always got some in the fridge. Me too. But I'd rather have you go to his house first. Keep mine for myself. PinelandFarmsDairy.com, Maine cows, Maine milk, Maine cheese, Pineland Farms. We're back on Downtown, the podcast, talking Veep this week. And it has certainly been a family affair for Congressman Jonah Ryan. The presidential candidate from New Hampshire, played by our next guest on the podcast, Maine native Timothy Simons, who talked with us about uh, his character's arc, the bid for the presidency, and what it's been like to work on this show these past seven seasons. Let's talk about the really big news in the family. Man, your sister's got one of the top five bookstores in America. Isn't that crazy? That is fantastic news. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, obviously we've always sort of been like longtime supporters of her and the bookstore, and it's when it's it's truly my favorite place in Maine to go. And 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 I think that we were, I think it's just an impressive thing. I mean, it's an 800-square-foot store in in Rockland, and and it somehow has managed to, to catch on and had, like to achieve that sort of national notoriety is a pretty amazing thing. We're talking about Hello, Hello Books down in Rockland and a great recognition and a chance to be number one in the country. I think, is it June that they're doing the the announcement of the winner? I believe so, yeah. Very exciting there. Well, let's discuss season seven of Veep. Uh, my goodness, how do, you, well, how do you create satire in a world where our everyday life feels like satire and i the answer apparently has been to just up the stakes even more season seven has been absolutely fantastic so far and uh makes our bizarro real world look almost normal 
Yeah, I, I think that the, obviously the writers struggle. You, the writers would struggle with that when day to day. Sometimes they would go into work and the everything that they had worked on the day before had just had to be thrown into the fire because of some absolutely insane thing that had happened coming out of our, our the current presidential administration, um, uh, which by any metric uh, is not particularly successful or organized and. Um, and uh, uh, so that did, it gave the writers fit for a long time. And I think one thing um, that it, it sort of became clear uh, throughout the process of filming the show and writing the show that the, the avenue to go in would be to make it darker, to make it more cynical, and uh, to take away sort of any assemblage, any, any, um, any semblance of... Uh, sort of like an ability to tell right or wrong outside of just political gain. That seems to be the only way you can really uh, cast a satirical eye on what's going right on going on right now. Your character Jonah Ryan running for president and appealing to well the most base instincts in America. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I saw a conversation where you said that you you had a specific model for your character of Jonah Ryan. Is that right? Well. I think that sometimes people have taken it in that I throw about the answer is Ted Cruz. And when I went, it's not so much that I modeled the character after him. It's just that when I, if looking for an example, if you were like, well, that's so unrealistic, somebody like Jonah would never actually win an election. My response would be, well, look at Ted Cruz. He is somebody who is charmless and talentless and has fallen backwards. Uh, backwards and upwards into power that people begrudgingly have to accept, even though they all dislike him immensely. So to look for a sort of reality check of how could somebody as terrible as Jonah be successful, you have Ted Cruz right there. But if you had told me that, like Ted, I mean, but if you had told me that Jonah was going to be running for president in later seasons, I'd be like, well, that strains credibility. <laughs> but again. If you look at real, if you look at the real life examples of somebody who could win the presidency, uh, someone who is ruled by pettiness and narcissism um, in the same way that Jonah is, we now have a real life example of how that could actually work out. And uh, Jonah also dealing with, uh, let's just say, a very interesting family dynamic these days. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, I, I hope I'm not spoiling any, anybody for anything. This was in the episode uh, last night. This entire season, he has been married to his stepsister. He, they reconnected many years later. Um, they were stepbrother, stepsister for a year, I believe, when he was 11. Um, and then they reconnected, you know, many, many years later, um, and they got married. And then it, it is revealed in the episode, in last night's episode, um, that it is actually his half-sister. He's been mistakenly saying it's his half-sister and not stepsister all year, and it turns out um, that her father is actually his father, and so that is his stepsister, or that is his half-sister. But you know what? They're happy. They're in love, and they're happy. (laughs) And you've also uh, got some heavy hitters on board now uh, with Amy joining the team in a very uh, uh, Kelly Conway-ish uh, swing in her character. Anna, by the way, is going to be on with us tomorrow. Um, man, the two of you, some absolutely brilliant moments this season. No, I mean, Anna's, Anna's fantastic. She's an unbelievable actress and an incredible castmate. And one of the things that I like, you know, I think that she bristles at the idea of, um, uh, of it just being a Kellyanne Conway parody of any kind, only because 
I like this, you know, Amy is sort of, that character has always been able to hang on to her values as, as hard as it has been to hang on to them in this world. She seems to be one of the characters that would not so easily jettison her values. And I feel like, um, at least the way that I read it and the way that I watch it, this is like there are parallels with somebody who is defending the indefensible with Kellyanne Conway. Um, but I do like seeing the character of Amy finally just being like, you know what? I'm just, I'm in this for me now. I do, like she has, she has jettisoned any and all, any and all uh, core values, which is amazing. Now I shouldn't say this as a teacher and I, I know your wife is a teacher as well, but is it wrong if I'm actually on board with Jonah's stance on math? <laughs> I mean, I think it's okay to like math. I think, it's, or it's okay to dislike math. Like I've never been a particularly good math student. I feel Jonah's specific take has much less to do with math itself and more just the idea that it was invented by Muslims. <laughs> and just so that there, then uh, it just has to be bad if that's the case. Um, so his is based more on um, uh, uh, just racism, basically, just straight up sort of Islamophobia, uh, and not just a dislike of math. Um, yeah. Uh, so no, math is fine. We all use it. We don't use like if you're a math teacher. I'm really sorry. I've used very little algebra in my life, but I use even as an actor, I use a lot of math. Uh, you've had so many great guest stars on the series throughout the seven years. And, uh, man, this season, uh, well, many of them return from Hugh Laurie, Pat Oswalt, of course, who's been great on there, and uh, fellow Mainer Katie Asselton on the show as well. Yeah, we're, we're you know, we have all, we have a, a, there aren't a lot of main connections that we can, uh, that we can establish only because there are so few, there are generally so few Mainers in the world. And then there are also extrapolating out. There aren't a lot of Mainers in LA that can, that are available to work on the show. Um, but no, we're, we are getting every main connection that we can on there. And even Allison Jones, who, who cast the show initially has relatives from Maine. Uh, so we're, we're, we're exploiting every main connection that we can. Speaking of relatives, uh, you had a great story that you shared when you were on with Seth Myers about your grandfather's, uh, well, I would say sort of being a witness to history. Can, for anybody who might have missed it, can you tell that story? Yeah, my my grandfather, as the story goes, uh, I believe was a I believe was an artillery gunner in the Pacific Theater. I, I could be getting that detail wrong, but he was sort of support. He was providing support from afar and turned his head to light a cigarette. And when he turned back, they had raised the flag on Iwo Jima. Like he was providing artillery support on Iwo Jima. Um, turned his head to light a cigarette, and then when he turned back, like. They had raised the flag, and he had missed it, um, <laughs> which seems just like a very my family thing to do. This idea that like we, you know, in like in a in a in a historic photo of of those guys raising the flag on Iwo Jima, we would be just out of frame, being like a little bit late to the party, being like, "Hey, do you guys need help with that? Or are you or are you good? No, you're good. Okay, all right. Well, well just let me know. That's very much our that's very much our family." Through the years, Jonah Ryan has had some uh, unforgettable nicknames. Uh, is there a favorite that we can actually say on the radio? There are very few that we can say on the radio. <laughs> I will say there was one from last night, and I think I don't know if I like the nickname even just so much as I like uh, Emily Pendergast's 
reaction to it. Emily Pendergast is the woman who played my wife on the show this year. Um, uh, somebody calls me Congressman Slenderman, or and <laughs> and her reaction of true horror at the mention of Slenderman's name, I just think is so funny. Um, so that's a pretty good one. But I think all in all, like as far as the ones we can say on the radio, uh, uh, the cloud botherer has always been a favorite of mine just because it's so gentle. So many of the insults are so harsh and just so brutal that I appreciate the gentle ones. It has to be hard to say goodbye to this show. It's been it's such a, a great run for you guys. Seven years, and and you know, you become well, you become family in many ways when you work so closely with people for such a long time. No, it's definitely been hard to say goodbye to it. Um, we we started saying goodbye to it when we finished filming, which was right before the holiday this of this past year, like right before Christmas this past year. So we've had a little more time to get used to mm. the idea of it not existing, but it's still it's still really hard. Um, yeah, we all got really close really quick. The ensemble was incredibly tight and worked together and incredibly well, and that's and that's hard to imagine that going away. It really is that we just won't be working with that group anymore. It's, it's a lot to get your head around. But I think everybody's also at the same time very excited about the future, very excited about what might come next, and. And yeah, but it's definitely hard. To, it's definitely hard to say goodbye to. Some excitement in your future too. A development deal with HBO. Can you tell us a little bit about Exit Plans? Oh yeah, it's a it's a dark comedy uh, about um, about a guy. The, the long and short of it is a dark comedy about a guy who uh, opens up his own assisted suicide small business. Um, and that's sort of early stages of development right now. I'm just writing it, and uh, I mean, hopefully. It hopefully it becomes a reality somewhere in the future. That sounds great. Now you probably can't tell us who ends up getting elected here this season. Uh, no, I think they would probably be really <laughs> mad at me if I did. We only have two episodes left. I know there are only two episodes left for people to find out, so the wait isn't going to be very long. Timothy Simons, HBO's Veep. Thanks to Tim. Thanks to Anna Klumski, and but man, thanks to everybody responsible, starting with Julia Louis Dreyfus for this incredible show it's been one of the best on television winning emmy awards a peabody award as well and all wraps up on sunday night with the final edition i have some theories i'll, I'll keep them to myself but suffice <laughs> it to say they have set it up for a a blockbuster i suspect this ending may end up being more satisfying to people than the game of thrones ending yeah, that one's already starting to, to feel a little convoluted. So <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Well, a lot of fun this week talking. V, thank you for joining us. Spread the word. Uh, be sure and review the podcast. Give it a nice old five star. If not, just keep it to yourself. Thank you. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And join us next time for Downtown, the podcast. <laughs>